everyone and welcome to the Burgess podcast, the show where we are opening up conversations about life at sea, discussing hot topics within the industry, as well as offering mental health support and promoting well-being for crew. We also have our very own in-house recruitment team, so if you or anyone you know is currently looking for a new position, please send your updated CV to recruitment at burgessyachts.com or check out our recruitment posts on Instagram at Burgess Yacht Crew. Hi, and welcome to day four of our Mental Health Awareness Week. Today we're talking about the effects of social media on our mental health and what the industry is doing to make mental health training part of STCW. Emma, um, we've had a couple of questions about mental health awareness training and mental health first aid training. One of the questions, will having a qualified mental health first aider on board become an STCW requirement going forward? I know we've slightly touched on it earlier, but do you have any more news on that? No, I mean, it's a very long process, which requires a lot of different agencies to come together. So getting any kind of mandated change is a a three to five year process, as I understand. Um, It doesn't mean that we're giving up. It's just a long term goal for not just myself, but a lot of people in the industry want to see this mandated change. Um, As Lucy kind of alluded to before, what we think would be the best uh, option is to make mental health awareness, which is a four hour course, which gives you a lot of understanding about terminology, discrimination, all of the kind of stigma around it. And basically, it it mostly looks after you you and your your individual kind of uh, mental health, identifying signs and symptoms within yourself. And what it's there to do is to make you more resourceful and you more resilient because you're about to go into an industry that demands a lot of you in terms of isolation, being away from friends and family, missing weddings, missing birthdays, going to new countries. So it's just trying to see what you're about to experience and give you the tools and the resources to be the best person to handle that. And we understand when we go across into into um, yachting, we have to learn firefighting, sea survival, physical first aid, because we do have to be resilient. There are no helicopters that are coming to us in the middle of the Atlantic. There are no helicopters that can reach us in the middle of the Pacific. So we take an understanding that we are learning. And it's also, it's really good. I think if you come into it and you've got, you know, friends doing it on Instagram, living their best lives, once you've done that STCW, not only is it a kind of um, an investment financially that makes you think and take pause, like, is this is this the industry for me? Do I want to do this with my, uh, with my life? You've got that time to really reflect on it. And then you start learning about the conditions that you will be going into, sea survival, firefighting, how to tackle a fire on board. You're the first defense. It also gives you a second chance just to sit and think, okay, this is, is this what I want to do? Am I going to be able to step up and do this? And by just extending that basic training to include a four-hour mental health awareness course, I think is essential for the individuals and the industry at large. Following that, I really do think it's something that would be absolutely amazing to have industry-wide. As soon as you become a head of department or a chief, I know when you become a chief, which kind of mostly is chief officers and chief engineers you have to do a helm course which is great in its own individual way but it also it excludes 
chief stews, people that are in charge with a lot of, a lot of human beings underneath them. So my kind of um, long term goal is to get everyone who becomes a head of departments to do the two day course, basically an extension of what they learned in the half day course. And in that two day course, you really do become much more um, confident, much more enlightened about how to start conversations, how to spot signs and symptoms. We accept as when we become chiefs that you have to do advanced firefighting, advanced medical. So it seems just a natural progression. We've already got that framework in place. As Yossi's, we understand that when we take a step up in responsibility, we also take up a, a duty of care to learn more about firefighting, learn more about uh, sea survival and physical first aid. Again, we just have to extend that to mental health first aid, especially when, let's be honest, you know, even in an industry like yachting, where there, there can be a lot of accidents, where it's hard, it's fast, the conditions, we work with a lot of mechanical elements, but you're still statistically more likely to meet someone that's going through a period of mental health illness than you are to meet someone who's having an arterial bleed or suffering from a stroke or experiencing a heart attack. So just accepting those are the conditions of life and the, the, the conditions of the yacht and the industry we've taken into our lives and we want to work on and being trained forearmed and a better crew member through training so is it on the agenda is is it being talked about uh, to be make it a part of the stcw I know that the UK Chamber of Shipping have had it on their agenda and we had a strong, like not a lobbying campaign, but we had a we had a few strong people really driving. Maritime UK, UK Chamber of Shipping, it's constantly on their agendas talking about mental health and the wider implications of it. And it's not just for yachting, it's for all seafarers. So you think about people that have been on container ships or cargo ships or um, fishermen that have lost jobs or, you know, having their their fishing rights kind of discussed and debated in Parliament. Everyone is under that heading of trying to increase their their training to include mental health first aid training. So it is, it's, I can't give you any definitive answers or timelines, but yeah, everyone's trying to push it. And if there is anyone out there that does have some kind of sway or understands the system or sees a kind of a gap where maybe they can be of assistance or offer some advice to me, then yeah, I'd be open to taking any and all advice about that. Yeah, I can confirm that I do attend the MCA training board meetings and it's on the list, shall we say. But it's it's quite far down because they are currently focusing on the new engineering tickets that are coming in. But there is a huge amount of lobbying for proper interior qualifications to be put in place. There's a really good structure already developed for that. So I suspect that will be the next route. And then also looking at improving the helm course. And the helm course will be for, as you say, for all officers. So the improvement of the helm course will be applicable to interior and deck and engine as well. I think I can see how it's progressing and it looks to be along those lines. But as you say, it's years, it takes years and years and years to, to make these changes. I think this engineering qualification change has been going on for about seven years now. So that tells you how long it can take to to get it through the system. Wow. Okay. 
So I've been asked by Captain what mental health awareness courses would you recommend uh, and should mental health first aid training be incorporated into officer and person training courses? Emma, did you have any thoughts on that? Well, the short answer is, um, yeah, it should definitely be incorporated into officer and person training courses and the frameworks there. It's just about extending it. Um, right now, the onus is on the individual to do that themselves. Um, and until we have mandated change, it will remain that. Um yeah, I mean, it's just, like I said before, it's just incredible training, makes you a better person, increases your own resilience as well as uh, what you can offer to people on board. But it also has applications beyond uh, yachting, something that you could take into an office job, something you could take into the next phase of your life, which is advantageous to you. So if you're looking at it from a kind of short-term uh, investment, you'll be a better person, you'll be a better crew member. And then a long-term investment is that the training, the mental health first aid training uh, lasts for five years so you will have that you will be accredited you'll be able to put that on your cv um, for the future um, the mental health awareness courses i would recommend i mean obviously i represent mental health first aid um, so i'm going to recommend theirs it's a four hour awareness course like i said before it deals with mostly identifying signs and symptoms within yourself it's it can be done online and in person it gives you a you know it starts to give you the understanding of what stigmas you're up against it gives you the beginnings of language and how important it is to um, address language and start to look at our own language and how that affects uh, stigmas around mental health and then it starts to give you some tools and resources um, the things that are most common that we find in uh, daily life so tools and resources for listening and communicating non-judgmentally um, stress we did the stress container which if you've done the two-day you'll remember that and those are kinds of um, actionable weekly monthly activities that you can do for yourself which make you more resilient but it's also something you can take into uh, training on board so we have to do drills for firefighting and all of that kind of stuff you could have at the beginning of every season, the stress container done between just you, the captain and the hods, or you could, uh, HFD could take it and do it with all of their crew members. So you're going in with as much information, as much understanding as possible to create a, a strong, dynamic, uh, well-rounded team. It also allows you to kind of have those conversations. We've said before, early intervention is vital. So it's all of those kinds of things. You know, we give you the toolkits in the mental health awareness and two-day training and then it's how you take it into yachting and apply it to yourself. And as more and more people in yachting do this, we're starting to grow this kind of brilliant community and network, people that kind of have linked together through WhatsApp, having done the group together or knowing that they've done the mental health first aid training. And now what we're starting to see is this organic network of people looking after each other and starting to address things that have been coming into our lives anyway. You know, crew members letting you down, crew members going through ill health, crew members, you know, uh, starting to use unhelpful coping mechanisms and when to get involved and what intervention to take and now all of these uh, mental health first aiders are kind of starting to self-support each other which is just brilliant and actually what we want to kind of create on boats we can't stop the stress of daily life coming in we said that at the beginning but what we can do is make you more resilient to deal with it when it does happen yeah yeah definitely and also these courses are great for on, on board the yachts but they it spills out into your personal life as well, doesn't it? Your family life. It, it's, it's a skill that you can use at all times. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's not exclusive to yachts. And also just, you know, as a new crew member walking on and seeing a Burgess poster, asking about mental health, talking about this, you know, on your on your board where you have your DPA, you go through it every like week with your drills and just saying, you know, there's an extension of that as well. We've already got that on the board. Who's your designated person ashore? Maybe you can have who is your mental health first aider and let that be that public knowledge. And as soon as someone sees that, they're going to feel more comfortable and more open. Oh, okay, this is... I can be open and authentic about uh, what I'm going through on this boat because there's an understanding. How do I know there's an understanding? Because the captain's door's always open or there's a mental health first aider or they pay attention to mental health uh, needs every time we talk at the beginning of the week. So yeah, it's slow incremental changes. It doesn't have to be anything too hard and fast, but just kind of starting to see those incremental changes coming through the industry and then that good training and energy spreading out. Okay, well, to finish off, uh, we've uh, had some questions about uh, social media and the effect that social media has had on mental health issues. So reading this question from a captain, um, when I've had to deal with mental health issues, it's been due to social media. It's caused by access to the internet when the, in the old days, bad news was never received until the successful arrival at the port of destination where things could be best managed. So, Mike, have you seen this? How has social media uh, affected seafarer mental health? I mean, it's when it first came out, social media was great. It allowed us to uh, to remain in touch across the world. And, you know, it's sort of a bit of a double question. You know, social media, we also have to look at um, the other side of the, the internet. You know, when Emma and I first met some 13 years ago on a beach in Antigua, we'd be doing crossings where, yeah, as you say, you'd leave the port within 24 hours, the boat wouldn't have internet. It might have a bit of uh, fleet board broadband, but nothing compared with what we have now. And you'd arrive back passing through Straits of Gibraltar and suddenly you're online again. But that wasn't accessible to the crew at all. Whereas now we're so interconnected, we can stay in touch as friends very easily. But also people on social media, social media is one of the best and worst things. Yes, it means we stay in touch with people, but also it's just this one big lie dumped out by people as far as you can see. You know, crew members sat there at mid-chart having a miserable time in the laundry, posting photos of themselves on a beach which have been altered and to make their lives look perfect. You're watching your your life and your loved ones continue in life whilst you're on chart. It can be, you know, quite grating for a lot of people. It's sort of managing people's expectations and understanding of the social media world and what it is to be a yachty, what it is to work on yachts. It's a very strange thing. So yeah, social media is a massive one, especially in the younger crew. I think the older crew who've kind of grown up without it for a long time and have adopted into it, we sort of understand that there's a lot of lying, a lot of stuff like that. But when you've been had it since you're 13, 14 years old and you're now here and, you know, you're missing home a little bit, of course it's going to spike your, uh, you know, spike your anxiety, spike your worries, uh, your fear of missing out of, of life. You know, at home and with friends, you know, you're sat here having a bad time and somebody's having the best time on a beach in Bali, but you know full well they haven't been to Bali in the last six months. They're just reposting a photo to try and make themselves feel better. It might make them feel better, but it's not a tool for good mental health, is it? No, I think we could do an entire podcast just on this subject um, because, you know, there's so many positives to it, like you said, about you know, keeping in contact with people, keeping in contact with home. But at the same time, that contact is bad news. It's, you know, being told via social media that sadly someone's passed away. Um, and then that support network maybe not being available to that crew member on board the, the yacht. So 
Emma, how would they handle that? How should they handle bad news that they've got on board the boat? Um, well, my first thing would to be connect with people that you love. Um, so if that means connecting with people at home or connecting with people that were involved in that person's life, um, I think connection is always going to be the number one choice for looking after your mental health. Uh, we accept that, you know, once we've started a crossing, there is no kind of going back. So you're then trying to mediate your feelings and staying connected and staying in contact with everyone. I mean, there's no really kind of like perfect answer to this, you know, in some ways you'll find right now what we're doing is we're finding good and bad news or we're we're getting jealous and resentful about people leading a better life in inverted commas than us whilst we're doing a crossing and we're feeling a bit sad and we're feeling a bit miserable but the alternative years ago was that you know no one got hold of you for two weeks and you could potentially have missed a funeral or missed that whole really important community-based like sharing of an experience and mourning that person together and attending a funeral which is a really big part of the mourning process so you know we've we've taken away one problem but we've just replaced it with four new problems and like mike said you know social media has given with one hand and it's stripped away with so much with the other so it's just about trying to be honest with ourselves when we're on social media being honest with other people which is not quite as sexy as saying you know i'm here in bali and you know i'm in a bikini and i look fabulous but if you want to kind of have a, a genuine, authentic connection with your audience on Instagram, try being honest in your captions. Try saying, you know, like, I look like uh, I've just been dragged through a bush. I've cleaned 16 cabins, another 16 to go. I think that kind of like new level of authenticity is starting to get a bit more traction in social media. So, yeah, try and look after yourself. Try and get some time off social media, off anything that compares you with other people in life and connect with the people around you. You know, when you go into a crew mess and everyone's heads down and they're all in their in their phones and all you see is like four heads and the top of heads, that's not going to start a conversation. You, you're probably just going to pull out your phone and do the same. So maybe just having the bravery to say like during crew meals, should we try and do no cell phones or like straight after work, let's try and do an activity that doesn't include include cell phones so that could be cocktails on the sun deck or it could be going for a walk or it could be going for a run or it could be exercise just trying to create pockets of that and if it starts as a small pocket and people are finding more connection and more authenticity in those moments then maybe those pockets grow larger and it's not just off the cell phones at lunchtime but other cell phones at lunchtime and all the smokos and see how that goes yeah, I, I was listening to a podcast about internet use the other day and, and she made a really interesting point that the, the actual tool of social media is not the problem, it's, it's our use of it and how we use it. Um, so yeah, just controlling our use of it and you know being mindful of what we post and not relying on all the likes and the followers. Well, I think that's a really good message to finish on today. So thanks everyone and join us tomorrow where we will be talking about insurance coverage which is available for seafarer mental health. Mm-hmm.